The problem arises when consequences are tied to being wrong. Such consequences are typically unpleasant or worse. And it is these undesirable consequences that engender the fear associated with being wrong. People generally seek pleasure or joy and want to minimize suffering of any kind. This fear and associated consequences can then easily become a lever of individual and social control. Quote, do what I say, or what the law says, or else, unquote. So the threat goes ever pervasive in the minds of all people. Welcome to the QR Lab. My name is Kuldeep Tagore, and I'm here with my main man, Amr Zeki. How are you? The Q. R. We're on a quest to try to understand our reality, but we're also questioning as we go. Lab. This is a safe place where a lot of different things can be discussed. There's consequences to, you know, if you say something, obviously, but you should feel free to ask questions in the good spirit and faith that this is all about true investigation into understanding all of the things that we hold sacred. That is correct. We forgot to say lab, by the way. It was QR and then... Laboratorious. (laughs) I said that later. (laughs) Anywho. So how are you today? Could be worse, but... I'm ready to roll. No, I wouldn't want to give the wrong answer. Yes, be afraid of being wrong. You, <laughs> you better be afraid. No, the topic today, I think this is uh, an interesting one that came up in our discussions, which was the fear of being wrong, right? Tell me your quick perspective on this, and then I'll read a little excerpt to get us going. Yeah, it's hard because I'm never wrong, so... <laughs> You know, that's uh, that makes my life a lot easier. 100% correct. 100%. No, of course. Everybody, I mean, I think that, you know, sometimes in the moment, I'll be honest with you personally, in the moment I'm not as afraid. I just kind of believe what I believe and I'm very confident. But then, of course, after I disengage and I'm, I might be on my own, I'll be thinking about the discussion and say, wow, was I coming from the wrong? So I question myself. Yeah. And, there is yeah. definitely a concern that I may have uh, either a projected myself in the wrong way, or in fact, b given, you know, erroneous information and actually be wrong. Right. What does it mean to be wrong? So that that's the that's really the I mean, idea. Like like you today. didn't you didn't get the right answer on the math test wrong or? Yeah, I mean, like what is you know what is the uh, context? I think what is the context and what is the standard? So we want to get into this, and we'll start with a little reading. But we have to yeah. agree that. Everybody does have a fear. Correct. Like th- th- there is such a thing as being being fearful of being wrong. So we want to explore the root of the fear and and what that does to human psychology and your ability to take the right actions in life. Right. So you you actually have something written here, right? Like uh Very that, that that actually yeah actually helps uh, initiate this conversation, I think, in a really, really right. insightful way. I mean, it's very brief. It's just, uh, you know, um, sort of an unedited uh, small excerpt. So let me read it, and then we can we can discuss. The problem arises when consequences are tied to being wrong. Such consequences are typically unpleasant or worse, and it is these undesirable consequences that engender the fear associated with being wrong. People generally seek pleasure or joy and want to minimize suffering of any kind. 
This fear and associated consequences can then easily become a lever of individual and social control. Quote, do what I say, or what the law says, or else, unquote. So the threat goes ever pervasive in the minds of all people. Let read that one part again about a lever of social control. I just I think that's such a great phrase. Right. right. I mean, look, I'll, I'll read it again. This fear and associated consequences can then easily become a lever of individual and social control. <clears throat> okay. Nice little pause. Yeah, so I think you need space to process this because how many times in your life have you self-edited, have you restrained, have you held back when what needed to be said should have been said and was not for whatever fear-based reason? But let's go let's go back to when I didn't have that fear. Let's talk about it, you know, as you know, we were discussing earlier in your writings. Uh, starting with maybe the, a more innocent phase when you are oh, yes. a child. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And there definitely becomes a point which a child recognizes that there is a fear and a consequence associated with being wrong. But prior to that, you know, I think we would agree children's natural inclination is not to be fearful because they don't know Yes. What being wrong is really right. They've I mean, everything seems right, right to right. Uh, to uh, certainly there there comes a point in psychology at at a, at a child's developmental stage where they start to recognize though that there is certainly a, a consequence if, for example, they're wrong about not recognizing there's a cliff. Well, I I, I totally agree with there, you because there there's a conditioning have, right. right. There had to have been things that happened. Of course, of course. So, so here's here's the real question, more, more more you know, sort of philosophical is why do we put value on being wrong? This is another perspective. So if you look at it from the adult perspective or the child perspective, there's many different ways of looking at it. So we tend to value being wrong as negative because we have been conditioned to see it as negative. But in fact, it is a mechanism of learning. Again, like you're saying, a child must recognize what is considered wrong in order to understand what is right. It's like saying you'll never understand the light without the darkness or the darkness without the light. It's it's by contrast that we evolve and learn. So I view being wrong as just as valuable as being right because sometimes being right has negative consequences, right? This kind of goes back to the previous uh, episode that we did on the uh, blind spots you have when you come up with solutions to problems that, in fact, they create an ecology of other uh, you know, a cloud of other problems that have unforeseen future consequences. So we the thing I want to get at is the value that we put on being right or wrong, the psychological posture or, or, or context upon which we consider it, and how it is a lever of control at the workplace, at home, or you know, in your family setting, in your relationships, whatever it is. Just being cognizant of it, I think, makes you a smarter person and, and someone who can engage people and communities at large with a little bit more sophistication. Okay. I think that children start off thinking that everything is right and that at some point something happens to guide them to to a recognition that this is not right. And then that gets carried over depending on the 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 weight of the consequences. Say in some houses 
being wrong might be associated with absolutely unacceptable consequences. So if you're wrong, for example, you get punished severely versus a more open environment where maybe being wrong is celebrated and understood that that's a natural part of the process of learning, right? So you'll see some people emerging out of this with a very maybe fearful interpretation of the world where you need to make, like stay in those guardrails and those, those boundaries because if you fall out of them, I know from my sort of primordial or my, my early experiences, the, these defining experiences, that this is, this is not going to be good for me. Whereas I think it's nice that some kids will be able to be wrong when they're you know, going into and that it's safe <clears throat> to be wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um, you know, a flight controller, uh, a pilot, uh, a surgeon, surgeon. Uh, you know, someone who has a tremendous responsibility for uh, people or in society, they should be afraid of being wrong on certain things. They had to take great care to be right. But you see, that's a context, right? If I'm building a bridge and I'm the designing engineer, I better triple, quadruple, 10 times over double-check my calculations so cars don't fall, right? The bridge does not collapse. So this is why I want to get back to the earlier point of what value do we assign to being wrong? The answer to that depends on the context upon which the wrongness is, you know, uh, declared itself in whatever field that is. So if I am an artist, eh, being right or wrong, that's totally subjective. Right. I mean, there may be technical things. Oh, when you paint, uh, you know, when you're painting a mountain scene, you should do the light this way if you want this kind of effect. However, being an artist, your intention does matter. And if your intention is something that creates great offense, then you yes. should be much more careful <laughs> and be worried about being wrong. You're talking like, about the sacred again. Yes. Yeah. Again, like if, say, you offense, like you, let's just say you draw a cartoon of the Prophet Muhammad doing something unseemly mm-hmm. that would be considered deeply offensive. Or any prophet, for that matter, really. Well, I, I, I think in this case, there's actual real live examples. You won't... Look, you, you can see tons of desecrations of Christian Terrible. mythology. Terrible. Well, but there's no consequences to it. Right. There are consequences to doing it to other religions. Like, mm-hmm. in Islam, it's just not tolerated. Mm-hmm. It's just it's not in, tolerated it's in, in, in that culture. Intolerant. Ask yeah. the, the, the cartoonist who actually tried that. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and ask the, the office buildings where... So, I, I guess, not to get too off topic here, but the point, the, the point is that, <clears throat> wow, mm-hmm. you really, you know, you're, you're an artist, you know, to your point... Mm. There are grave consequences to that artist. Con- uh, you know, was he wrong or was he right? Yeah, <laughs> does, yeah, yeah. does it matter? Because your intention set off, you know, right. some consequences which, you know, otherwise sh- probably should have been avoided. May I ask you a question? <clears throat> this is, um, I guess we can go through an example. So if you are, um, let's say you're in a community <clears throat> and there's a problem that has to be addressed. <clears throat> And you've recognized that the opinion that you have is of the extreme minority. The larger public, uh, maybe the majority opinion is something very different, but they don't quite see the consequence of going down that path for whatever reason. Now, you speaking out by your judgment, you've determined that the consequence will be very severe to you. You will be ostracized. Or there'll be some consequence to you that will make your life harder by some X percent. 
you naturally have a fear because you're trying not to uh, disturb your life too much because life is already difficult, life is complicated, you have a lot of responsibilities by taking this path. Now, morally, again, this is an example, morally you feel your position is absolutely rock solid because you've assessed it, you've bounced it off the wall, you've really honestly looked at it, right? But within that environment, it's, it's going to be very severe. So the question is then, and many things can fill this template, right, of this example. The question is, what do you do? And how do you think about taking that action when your initial response is actually fear-based? However, overall, morally and philosophically, you are smack down right to the point where in the future they'll say <laughs> so, he, was, he was a genius. Okay, so let's go with, uh, let's go with a real example like uh, uh, Kal-El. Uh, sorry, no, yeah. Jor-El Jor in, right. in the Superman comics. Right, 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 yes. Absolutely aware that yes. the, his planet was going, Krypton was going to be destroyed, right? Right. Tried to present it scientifically to the council. Council doesn't listen. So this is why we have the genesis of Superman, right? Super, right, uh, right. You know, his son is he then gets, sent out and right. comes to Earth. And, okay, anyway. Beautiful. Yeah. So, but to your point, what does Jor-El do here? Jor-El speaks out. Jor-El yeah. Jor states it. But he, and then he makes provisions for himself and, you know, exactly. I guess for his son, right. you know, to at least... Right. You know, because he knows what's going to happen. Right. And he was right. And he was right. Even though at the time they thought he was wrong. Now, he didn't go to the extremes, at least in the original conception of the comics. He doesn't go to the extremes of taking violence against this this people, right? He's speaking from a, a very small minority of people yeah. who are aware his, that the planet is, is about to, yeah, yeah. to end. Right, right. But he doesn't become violent. He doesn't, be, he doesn't take on violence drastic measures to force people he allow right. to force people yeah so i i think it's a very interesting um a very interesting concept here when we're talking about the fear of being wrong mm -hmm. for example the people that don't recognize that Jorel's science is correct they should be worried they should be right. thinking to themselves just the same way right, right. our planet should be thinking that if climate change is real and human beings are driving mm -hmm. it which is well established by a lot of now science could be wrong okay but it's there's quite a bit of overwhelming information that details that we are contributing to climate change and the fact that when we make adjustments we improve our situation that was witnessed here in california when they started making laws and regulations that required you know smog checks and things that the air the air quality improved at least right. it was maintained it didn't get worse so how do we get people to be Worried about being right. I think. I think one aspect that might evolve out of this discussion is that there are people that should be, they should fear if they're wrong. They should, and they don't. Those people don't fear it. They're so convinced that they are right to the point that they will drive this planet right off the cliff. Do you know what this reminds me of? What you just said was really very, very um, apropos to the prior discussion of implicit knowledge and that people have a value base they'll pick and choose their facts according to what they inherently value as the deepest truth so if people simply consider that a hoax because of whatever their premise is they you can never change their mind no because it's a value-laden opinion right and so this is where it's dangerous but interesting in that there's a glitch in the human mind and I think it has to do with just not being raised properly. Like, like an, it, there's a glitch in the human logic form, right? There, I think there it's bad are, education, personally. Certainly, there, there are, you know, but I'm trying to say that yeah. how people come to the, using their executive function, come to these conclusions. Right. There's some sort of virus in the, in the logic form, right? There are people who see the logic very clearly, right? 
and they don't allow outside opinions, maybe even their own biases to influence what they know through logical deduction is correct. Mm-hmm. There, somehow there are people, there's, there's an error in the logic form. Like I yeah. think throughout, throughout all, all people, yes. how, how they come to these decisions. But do you think that maybe through the vehicle of, you know, this podcast and maybe uh, the responsibility that we individually take for our own education and our own awareness that, that once people become aware of what they're actually doing, like when you lay out the map and say, uh, sir, what you're doing here is you're starting from a very deeply held moral position upon which you're dressing with facts to suit an argument that comes after the fact. You're not beginning with facts that should then allow you to construct a hypothesis of concern that then allows you to make a judgment in that logical order. Your judgment begins with a moral position, which is, I'm not saying that's right or wrong, because I certainly do that too. And I have certain positions that begin with a certain worldview upon which I look for evidence to support it or to negate it. And that's where actually um, knowledge can modify moral order or moral positions to some degree. Certain moral positions, I think, are unassailable, meaning that they are they appear to be timeless. Others can be modified, right? Yes. So, and this is so I, I think they, it, they can be modified based upon available data. Correct. As the data evolves, correct. All of a sudden, it right, changes. Right. But then there is others that are that I consider foundational. That no matter you know you kind of learn the lessons the hard way. Science right? can't necessarily touch certain concepts. Right. Exactly. So, I guess what I'm saying is this issue of the fear of being wrong is quite a, a troublesome and interesting one because if enough people are afraid, again, it's context dependent, but in, if enough people are afraid, you will be under control, right? And all of us, by the way, if you don't pay your taxes, right, you will go to jail. Uh, there are there are legal consequences and all laws enforced by violence, right? Whether it's the violence of prison or the violence of fees or the violence of being killed or executed or whatever. All civilized society enforces its order using violence, unfortunately, and that's called law enforcement, right? Regardless of that particular point, in terms of the microcosm of educating one another, educating our children, uh, having... Um, a, a college or university experience that truly allows freedom of speech and freedom of thought, but, but also with a responsibility, right? That perhaps we may be able to educate one another on the fact that wherever it is you're starting with your position, your opinion, whatever it is you feel, right? And if you feel you are, you are wrong, you first have to understand what is the context, what is the consequence of being wrong, and if I actually do not speak out Right? And take that consequence. What is going to happen to my world? What is going to happen to my society? What is going to happen to my community? Right? And how much are you willing to sacrifice? Because it is linked to the concept of sacrifice. Because if you you are truly right and you believe in this thing, in order to not be afraid of being wrong, you must be willing to accept the consequence and the personal sacrifice that you will have to make. So you see, even even having an opinion has a moral consequence and a moral underpinning. Mm-hmm. I would like to, you know, just take a little branch here about what you were talking about and bring a real world reference of what's going on in the United States in regards to banning books. And you'll see this happening on both oh, sides. Oh yeah, I've seen this. Yeah. Okay. And why is it relevant is because, you know, you're asking the question about social control 
and how people believe that they are so correct, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, moving the levers of yeah. social control. <laughs> the media, by the way, the media is a wonderful lever. Uh, yes, or the lever. media does that. You know, because if you're not a thinking person, if you simply are a passive thinker, meaning whatever information you consume, you mm-hmm. just spit it back out. You're like a recycling machine, like a garbage, uh, you know, uh, disposal. Well, or you make that sound negative, but. I guess it is. Oh, <laughs> uh, actually, having garbage disposable is incredibly necessary for cleanliness. <laughs> to be clean. Okay, so we recognize the value of somebody who bases a lot of their beliefs just based on existing concepts, rather than. Uh, it, you can actually look at it as positive because if your media is responsible, then yeah. that person is okay. But yeah. if your media lies by omission or commission, then that person is a victim. Right. They can. Well, they're a victim of their own. Choices to not investigate and think things through, or maybe they just don't have the capacity necessarily. But in regards to the issue of book banning, that it 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 concerns me when people feel the need to control things to that to that depth that that we're going to take away information. So what you were starting to get into there really kind of sparked this idea that I just had that this is this is really kind of the consequence of thinking you need to take action, right? Right, right, exactly. I need to take so much action because I'm so worried that this, the concepts in this book and the way this book is presented, if it were given to young minds, what would happen? Oh my God. Right, right. We have to, we must control this and get rid of this litter to me it's a crime okay i like I, let me speak again let me speak about something that i think would be highly morally offensive would be something like you know hitler's mein kampf okay absolutely do i think that should that book is bad is you know has concepts in it that are, are highly problematic yes does it need to be banned and burned and, and hidden and never shown again absolutely not right right in, in fact that that information needs to be i don't think it needs to be displayed on the same platforms as things that we hold sacred and divine and that we can all agree Mm -hmm. versus what's kind of... Or like the manifesto from the Unabomber. But I think it's important to understand, if you hide that stuff, there are grave consequences to being unaware Mm -hmm. of the 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 sort of darker or maybe these shadow sort of thoughts. It's a funny quote. You remind me of Friedrich Nietzsche said something like, a truth that is unspoken or hidden becomes a poison. Meaning, if it doesn't see the light of day, it will kill the person who holds the truth. It's very interesting. You know, I and I have to plug this movie right now. Have you heard of the movie In the Name of the Rose, starring Sean Connery and Christian Dude, Slater? Love it's the movie. a masterpiece. Love movie. the movie. Yeah, Umberto I saw it years Eco's ago. Uh, novel, yeah. actually, Umberto yeah. Eco's novel. Mm. And um, I'm forgetting the name of the director. He's, he's a very, very good director. Um, a French guy. Uh, that film shows a situation in which the church, at least the church leaders, in a very remote part of of uh, the world um, are so concerned about the secrets that are contained within certain texts of the ancients like dating back to things from the Greeks um, th- to the point that they feel laughter is evil it contorts the face and makes you look like a devil or an, uh, an so we must hide humor in the and the way they do it is they make the ink poison and they poison the pages so that as you're turning the book and you have to lick your finger, right, to turn the pages, you poison yourself as you're reading this. Dude, I forgot. I, I, I the mastery. Dude, I need to see that movie again. It's a again. masterpiece. Yeah, I need to see that again. Yeah. 
Yeah, I need to see that movie. But, uh, you know, again, getting to the idea of how ideas, um, you know, can be so, it, there, there's so much concern that if these ideas get out, that we, I, I think that's that's a highly problematic world. It's, it's problematic for another reason. It's uh, darkness. It is. Like, it's trying to plunge us into into a darkness of course, of course. where there's a, like a unilateral control. And so notice that I'm speaking uh, not just about, you know, things that, you know, that, for example, they're trying to ban, I don't know if they're trying to ban it, but they're trying to rewrite Mark Twain's original novel, taking oh, yeah. out a lot right. of the language in there, which right. I, I would say, no, that oh, is right. that is not... It, it's a timepiece of when he... Correct. It's a time capsule, right? It, 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 is, it is like a piece yeah. of history that's still... No, well, we can't have that. You're trying to rewrite you, the you world. Can't, you, can't, you can't do that. You should be worried. You should fear yourself. You should you should fear that right now you could be wrong. Right, right, So right. again, I'm taking this other perspective because well, yeah. th- there's two perspectives here. The fear of being wrong creates a situation in which people can be controlled by society or... It creates a situation in which one does not achieve their full potential because they're concerned about the inability to... Absolutely. You can actually look at it from another perspective, too, from the societal perspective. Like, if you don't take the risk of being wrong, the rest of us will never learn. So... When so there's that, two sides to this yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah, there's like, two sides like, to like this. Let's say I'm the community and you're the person taking the risk. Yeah. You take the risk, you take the consequences, but I, as the community body, punished you in the short term, but in the long term, we actually benefited from you. So what ends up happening to the community is it's a win for the community because when that individual took it upon him or herself to speak out and take the risk, free speech, right? Responsible speech, ideas get out there. Eventually the tide turns. So it from every angle you look at it, right? The fear of being wrong with 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 limits has it is appropriate, right? Build the building so it doesn't fall. <laughs> you know, fly the airplane so it doesn't crash. Uh, you know, do the surgery so the patient doesn't die, right? There are rights and wrongs there. But when it comes to things that have to do with politics or moral order or establishing laws or uh, increasing awareness about an issue, uh, it's okay to be wrong or it's okay to be perceived as being wrong because there are potential benefits that we are throwing away, right? We're not letting things come to light. Like you said, darkness, right? And so... What's interesting about this is that the process of life itself, the process of living and engaging in the world, is a it's a moral activity. Because if I make the decision that I am going to sacrifice and take that consequences, that is a moral decision. I mean, meaning I'm like, yeah, I'm willing to lose it all, right? I'm, I'm laying it all on the table. What does that mean? It means that person believes in something deeper, in something higher, because they're aspiring to something above themselves. So what's interesting about the idea, and I didn't even write this because, you know, my things are like over minutes, but the the idea of the fear of being wrong puts you face to face with your morality, the moral order of the universe and where you where you fit in that construct of sacrifice, of, of moral order, of the right action, of how it benefits the community, the future, the investment versus the, you know, the temporary pain of now versus the the beautiful evolution and improvement of the future for our civilization that's it let me ask a a question that that was very well said about the fear of turning turning this the other way the fear of being right oh oh that is a beautiful one yeah that's almost like a mirror image like an inverse phenomenon Um, Like, like like think of this what what happens when you have the fear of being right you kind of take the ostrich phenomenon and might Put your head in the sand. 
This is another. Oh, that's that's yeah, that's a very interesting shade on it. Um, and it causes people to take responsibility, and to you nailed it. It's it's the fear of being responsible because if you are right, you are now responsible for that thing. That's right. And people don't. You know, we are beasts of burden, and people can only handle so much weight on their backs. And a responsibility is a burden, right? It, it just you know it weighs you down, right? So the question is. Okay, here are the implications of your question. How much strength do you have? How strong are you? To carry this burden. Yeah. How, how much physical, spiritual, psychological strength do you moral have? Moral fortitude. Yeah, moral fortitude. It's To face yeah, it's, being a... If I'm right... This is what it means. This is what it means. Right. Do I have the courage... That's right. ...to carry this... And, and, what, and to and to yeah. display it and let other people know and to and to put it out there and, and to and right. to conduct myself every day Correct. in that manner because if you are right what it may do to you is it may pull you into a higher moral stratosphere because if you are right and and you have to carry the load there are going to be people who are reliant on you what does it mean to be responsible and to carry a load it means there's people depending on you behind you which means you've elevated yourself you're now in a higher stratosphere of responsibility which what does that do to you it makes you straighter straightens out your back. You know, there. this idea was actually in Matt Damon and um, Ben Affleck's uh, Goodwill Hunting. It, the, you know, because he was a genius, he had this understanding, he took on this great responsibility and felt it was, it, you know, to the point where he actually ends up going and hiding in the university at MIT, solving problems in the middle of the night right. that their graduate students can't. In the hallway. <laughs> right. So, so clearly he wants to... He wants people to recognize what he knows, but he wants to do it from a place where he has minimal or no responsibility. He's immature, right? He had no He's responsibility. Immature. Yeah. He's immature. He hasn't yet thought. And then it's only when he is alleviated of the stress of that responsibility when um, Robin Williams' character tells him, hey, it's not your fault. You, you're not responsible for every bad thing that happens just because you have this higher level of understanding or this that you feel that there's some responsibility that you must go out and correct all of the wrongs in the world you see this you know with uh, you know characters that develop in the superhero genre like batman for example who feels compelled once you know he recognizes the crime in the city having experienced it through his own parents who uh, loss of his parents which actually only increased his darkness but just dark justice but he ends up using it in a right. way that I, I mean you know you, you he, well, he has moral order because he won't kill, right? Right. He, so he has the limitations that are self-imposed. So th- exactly the response, the thing I just said, right? It pulled him into a higher stratosphere. Right. So he recognized that he can't be the same thing that he is trying to eradicate. He has to take a slightly higher exactly. and a higher level of responsibility. This right. is, well, we put this on our police, I think, as well, too. I yeah. mean, we, we think to ourselves that the police should not just And military. Be, same no, thing. Yeah. Look, look. I understand that you're putting yourself in harm's way, but you you are still responsible if you kill an innocent person in the line of duty. You're responsible. That's right. You know, okay, we'll look at it and investigate each situation on its own design yeah. and 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 circumstance. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. ultimately you are responsible oh, yeah, for sure. if you yeah. killed a three year old in the course of duty. Because you thought his popsicle was a machine gun. I mean right. come on. Right. Do you think that maybe there you you should have executed a higher level of order? Uh, do you think that you you should maybe sacrifice yourself to make sure 
right. you are doing the right thing before you do it. I think or take the risk. You don't well, have to kill yourself. I don't know. Take the risk, I mean, you know, right? I'm not a policeman. I don't right. know what it's like. I haven't had to go out there and, and do that job. Fair but point. I mean, it is so pervasive in our society. It's ubiquitous. The these shows and we grow up cops yeah. and robbers playing that as children. So we're always putting ourselves in the hero role. We consider cops heroes. Right. What if a cop kills a child? I want to see the the show where the cops are just and they do have these you know these sort of dark takes on policemen or heroes, but they're dark heroes yeah. or they're anti heroes or they're people that we don't really they ultimately become villains in the course of of the show. Right. Mm-hmm. We, it, it's not. It, it's much harder to wrestle with the fact. Somebody who's a policeman may have to kill some innocent person. And look, it doesn't make them a bad person. They're doing what they were supposed to do. Well, weren't they supposed to exec, you know, uh, execute a higher level of moral? Should he not be afraid of being wrong, right? It, he should be afraid. You should be. Absolutely. Right? Murdering right. an innocent person who is not responsible. Or when you're, when you're, when you're doing your procedures, when, when you're taking care of a patient and you're doing a complex uh, somewhat invasive procedure. You have the fear of God in your heart because if one wrong move of the wrist, yeah, and that patient could bleed out, well, right? Or, or if my interpretation of the situation is incorrect, I must right. check myself. So Am I correct right. here? Your I, judgment, right? Right. Your judgment. Uh, uh, and uh, you know, a um, a pilot who's flying a you know a jumbo jet full of four hundred passengers is flying into a storm, right? Does he know what he's doing? Does he know his, Does he know how to manage and negotiate that climate? So, actually, this now you've veered into an interesting uh, shade of this, which is judgment. So judgment is judgment the, comes after, yeah. So not judge, during, right? I mean, I mean, you could write a whole we, book on this, right? right the, we, the fear of being wrong can be a book. I mean, that's how you can see where this is going. Yeah, because there are many angles to it, and also yeah. there are many real world applications. I mean, we've only illustrated a few here. Exactly. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I mean, we can we can go on and on, but we should probably. Uh, um, bring this to a pause, let our audience take a deep breath, and think about how their own personal fear, fears and fear of being wrong has impacted the decisions that they have made throughout their lives and continue to make. Yeah, think to yourself, am I, am I thinking clearly here? Am I right? You don't need to be fearful, but I think that that moment of pause is, rather than just thinking you're always right, I, I think... That's very dangerous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and, and it actually precludes thinking because now what's the point of thinking? Mm-hmm. I know, I already know. I don't need to think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe we must always be thinking about it. Ha- have and, some reflection. Yeah, and taking in new data and new information. The Q R Lab. So thank you very much. This has been a uh, enlightening discussion. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Keep it coming. The QR Lab. We want to emphasize that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and they do not reflect the official policies or positions of our employers and places of employment or any of their affiliates. Additionally, our discussions on this podcast should not be considered professional advice or endorsements of any particular organization's products or individuals. We're here to share our thoughts and stimulate conversation, but we encourage you to do your own research and form your own opinions.